The Evolved Succeed podcast, where founders, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and experts are interviewed to explore the link between personal and business success. We will also investigate and establish the need for ongoing personal development, accountability, and support. The objective is to inspire you, the audience, to be better in life and in business. Welcome to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My guest on this week's episode is Aaron Thomas Wong, founder of the Mumpamur Collective, an online community that supports and empowers mums running their own businesses. Aaron is somewhat of a serial entrepreneur, having started several successful businesses over the past decade, having left a fast-paced career in TV production. During the course of this podcast, Aaron talks about the passion for community and creativity that fueled her early entrepreneurship. That creative energy that you have at the start of a new project is, is just quite addictive. The effect that guilt can have on female entrepreneurs. A lot of us don't want to make that choice and we, we actually want to work, we want to do something creative, we want to do something that fills us up, but we also want to be the primary carer for our children and the influence that COVID-19 has had on her approach to coaching and mentoring. I think I have had to be acutely aware of the fact that we're not all in the same boat. I think depending on the age of your children, depending on whether you've got a partner at home who's at home or who's out working or whether you're a single mum, everyone's experiences are so different. Let's get on with the show. Hello, Erin. Welcome to the Evolved Succeed podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to have you as a guest. And I understand from you know, reading a little bit about you and your past, Erin, you had a successful career in television production on programs we'd all know and love. So when and why did you start your own business? Yeah, I did. I, I had a great career in TV and I worked on programs like Celebrity Wife Swap and Scrap Heap Challenge and the MTV Awards. And it was amazing. And it's something that I worked really hard to get to that point. But I think it was just that realization that that lifestyle was all consuming. And what I really enjoyed about working in TV was the social aspect of it. And I'd you know, imagine we- it's an amazingly social environment, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we would stay late and work late and it was okay because we loved doing that. And, you know, you'd go for drinks and um, and there was some travel involved, depending on, on the kind of project. And, you know, as I started to think about having having a child, I did think, gosh, how does this work? Because I did, you know, obviously there are people who work in TV and have children, but I knew a lot of them never got home before their child went to bed and things like that. So um, it was really when I got pregnant with my first son that I kind of thought, oh, I'm not sure how it's going to work, but I'll take a year off maternity leave and kind of see how it goes. But I think as soon as I had my son and experienced, I mean, the whole kind of birth trauma is, is a whole other story. But, you know, as soon as I experienced that sleep deprivation and that anxiety and that how having a a child is all consuming and I thought how on earth am I going to work these long and long hours and be at the beck and call of a crew who are out shooting how am I going to be that person and be a mum to this tiny baby it just felt like it was too much 
too much in it but that becomes a dramatic change both in your life and your priorities isn't it and so and at that time you know thinking about changing careers and starting a business how did that come about you know it was one of those really weird light bulb moments where I um you know obviously I I felt quite lost to be honest when I had my my first son I because my identity was very much tied around working in TV it was so it was so cool and it was so fun and there I was at home completely stressed out and exhausted and I suddenly thought where where have I gone here so I'd already started thinking within the first few months of having him like what else is there out there that I could do and obviously I loved working in TV so it was going to be really hard to find something to match that And it was one of those chance conversations with a friend who was, um, I lived in London at the time. She was going to the um, baby show at Earl's Court specifically to get this piece of jewellery with her child's fingerprint in. And I remember hearing about it and thinking, oh, that sounds great. I'll um, I'll have a look at the website and see if they can come around and do one, you know, a thing for our NCT group. And when I looked on the website... It said, sorry, no one in, in your area available, franchise opportunity available. And I had no idea what a franchise was, but I suddenly got really excited about what this meant, you know. And so I threw myself into researching more about the opportunity. And I I did a day's course at the British Franchise Association, which was super exciting to, you know, go and be me again <laughs> um, yeah, you know, again. And have a, yeah yeah and um and I decided I was I was very fortunate because I was able to get voluntary redundancy from my my tv job and I decided to invest the money in buying that franchise and I have to say you know my friends and family thought I was absolutely mad because I'd worked so hard to get to where I was in tv and I'm such a gregarious person and they were just like how how are you going to enjoy working on your own and sitting in a room and making jewellery and you know how how does that work and I just felt like I had changed so much and all all I could say is that it just felt like such an exciting opportunity. Brilliant and how did you find as an aside buying a franchise because that kind of franchise world there's there's sometimes a lot of criticism of it but I always think it's a great way for some people to get into business and to, to actually make that first step into the world of running their own business if they pick the right franchise that you know and with the right franchisor that is not just commercially minded but supports its franchisees as well how did you find that experience yeah you're absolutely right I think you have to go in with your eyes absolutely open and that's why I you know had my due diligence going to the the franchise association so that I understood you know because obviously you know when you start investigating franchises you know they have huge contracts and, and you're like, I don't understand what this means. So I thought I, I need to be sure. And it's a lot of money to invest. But I think you're right. I think the whole idea of buying a franchise is that you're buying an already successful business. It's a business in a box. And I think there are a lot of franchisors out there who are not necessarily ethical or do not give the support um, that that they should be. And, you know, I've met a lot of women since who haven't had a positive experience but you know I did my research I had a great gut feeling about this franchise and and actually it was perfect for me because they were really supportive and through being a franchisee I learned all these things about business that I've been able to then carry on into my other businesses so 
I'd say absolutely eyes wide open, but it is a great thing to consider. Obviously, you've got to have the investment behind you. But the point is, is that you're you're learning from someone else's mistakes that have gone before and buying something that is hopefully a viable, you know, profitable business. Brilliant. And you've alluded to it there, actually. I, I, as I understand it, you then started three businesses in relatively quick succession. So how did that come about? In for a penny, in for a pound, eh, Erin? I know. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, so obviously, so so this jewellery business, it was called Small Print, and, um, and it was taking children's fingerprints in, um, in silver. And so I was very much in the mum and baby market. And um, I met another woman called Shelley. Within the first year or so, she was one of my customers. And she said, oh, I'm, I'm starting an ethical online toy, shop, um, toy store. So we started chatting. And then we would bump into each other at events where we had our stores. And often we'd stand there and complain about how badly organized they were and um, that they weren't marketed very well. And so after a few months of doing this, we said, you know what, we could we can do this ourselves. So we started putting on um, what we called then family fairs, where we invited local stallholders to come along and um, showcase their products. And then we realized that most of them were mums like us who had decided to start a new business and do something else. Um, and so when we had that realization, we then developed it into Ealing Mums in Business, which was kind of, you know, face to face networking opportunities and these events uh, where they could showcase their products. Really? So it's it's very much in the same realm. It's mums again. And then I'd say about three years after I started Small Print, I got itchy feet again and I, I realized there was a real gap in the market. So I lived in West London. There was loads of baby and toddler classes going on, but they were very fragmented. It was like a church hall here, a community centre there, you know, sitting on a dusty floor, having a, a, a cup of tea from a kettle, which is fine. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, I thought, wouldn't it be nice to have one place to go where you knew there was loads of stuff happening all the time? And that was, you know, that was nice because most of the women in that area were had a professional career before and they're used to going to coffee shops and restaurants and nice things and you know why can't we combine the two going to a kids class and also feeling like it's somewhere a bit nice um so that's when I came up with the idea for Pitter Patter the hub for bubs which um, mm, okay. were basically venues for baby and toddler groups where the parents would go and um, I bought in companies like Gymboree and Heartbeats and I did all the marketing and all the organization and it was just it was a huge success and these all three businesses obviously worked really well together because I was, you know, meeting new mums or, or at the pitter patter and I was able to talk to them about my jewellery and also about Ealing Mums in Business. So they all combined together and they were very, yeah, synergies there were incredible, weren't they? So there must be yeah. something that you really love about starting a business. So, <laughs> and, you know, a number of our listeners will be thinking about that. So is there any... What would be your important lessons, I suppose, that you've learned along the way, having started those businesses? I think you have to go all in. I think you have to really believe that what you're offering is what people want and what people need. And um, I really love the idea about leading with heart. And, um, you know, I think it's I just think it's it's 
fantastic to kind of create communities around your business. And that's what I love doing. And I, I yeah, I, I felt like I was getting a little bit addicted to shaping a brand and, um, you know, thinking about how I wanted things to be, how I wanted people's experience to be. And that to me, it still is so exciting, but I slowed down a little bit now. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, that kind of that creative energy that you have at the start of a new project is is just quite addictive. And how are you finding balancing things? Because obviously one of the reasons you came out of TV was, you know, that balance between being a mum, having a career, having, you know, other interests and being, you know, you're, you've said it already, you know, making sure you still had your own identity. Was there times in that period where the it was difficult to get that balance? Oh, absolutely. It's it's a it's a it's a roller coaster really, and it's a constant kind of um, juggle between focusing on the business and and doing the stuff that lights me up, and then also realizing that I have responsibilities and that you know if if my son got ill or if anything happened, then I would have to drop what I was doing to look after him. So you know, it is it is a constant. I mean, I remember with Pitter Patter, we lost our main venue when my second son was six weeks old and there we were with him in a in a baby Bjorn and we were traipsing around trying to find venues you know <laughs> so um it is it is a juggle but I think I think one thing that I speak to women a lot about and it really is a real thing is mum guilt um yeah and so many of us feel so torn because you know we we don't and this is this is where the whole thing comes in that, you know, often you're given a choice when you when you have a baby and your choice is either to return to your previous career and put your child in full time childcare or it's give up your career and stay at home. And and actually, you know, a lot of us don't want to make that choice. And we, we actually want to work. We want to do something creative. We want to do something that fills us up. But we also want to be the primary carer for our children. Um, so it's about kind of finding that balance, but also giving yourself some grace and um, not letting the mum guilt eat you up when, you know, I think people feel guilty for wanting to do something for themselves or, you know, or feel guilty for wanting to work. And that's something that I, I work through with um, with a lot of women in my community. Yeah, I'd imagine that is challenging because, yeah, I mean, I, I have to admit, you know, I, I've had that situation you know and building inspire and, and evolve and you know two girls and i remember um you know six months into inspire you know little alex she was born and came home and there was michaela there and and you know and i, I could just get on with it still you know i feel uh, that there's the guilt that i've just got on with it if i'm honest but there was somebody there that was going to take some responsibility for little Alex when she came along. And, and I think, yeah, you're right. Mums in business, mums with career don't always have that same choice just to say, okay, I can continue doing what I'm doing. And there is somebody there to pick up the kind of the childcare responsibilities as life ebbs and flows and changes. So um, I can understand what you're, you're saying. And I, and I imagine it is a huge challenge. Yeah. Mums, and I think new mum's face. Yeah. And I think, you know, some people, when, when I'm talking about the term mumpreneur, they're like, well, what about dadpreneurs? Do they exist? Mm. 
And, you know, actually, there, there, there is a whole movement of dadpreneurs. And my husband classes himself as one um, because he decided to leave the corporate world a few years ago. And one of his driving forces was the fact that, you know, he actually I was very jealous of him a lot of the time. He was flying off to L.A. and doing all these fun things. But he felt like he was missing this huge part of, of the kids growing up. And he was like, actually, I, I don't want to be working for the man and, you know, and working all these long hours and him not actually seeing any benefit himself. And so that was his decision to decide to leave the corporate world and start his own business. I think I think you're right in what you're saying, that it's just the way it is, that generally it is the mums that mm-hmm. are the primary carers and, and therefore have that decision. It's kind of it's the what happens to a man when a child is born generally is just that things carry on for them with with mm. their career and that's the way our society is i'm not saying it's right but it's the way it is and um, i've got a great quote actually a, a statistic um from the rose review of female entrepreneurship which was from 2019 that says that female entrepreneurs with children said that primary care responsibilities is the number one barrier to further business success and they said it was something like 65% of women cited this as a challenge and only 40% of men. So obviously still there's quite a big chunk of men that are talking yeah. about this, but the majority of, of people that are finding it a barrier are women. Yeah, I, I think there's different, there'd be different issues typically if you're, you know, if we're being typical and stereotypical and that's probably not the right way to be, but there's different issues for dads, isn't there? I think that that feeling and, and as you say, the changes your husband has made as a result of, of guilt and not always being there and wanting to be there and, and not being there. But that's different to that immediate kind of loss of identity and what do I do next kind of feeling yeah. that you went through as an individual and and faced as a, a, a challenge and and you know and 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 emerged the other side from and it, and it's great to hear that you help mentor and support others now as as they go through that. I understand you and your former business partner were recognised in the Houses of Parliament for supporting yeah. small businesses. I mean, that must have been a an, an achievement and a moment to take pride in, Erin. Oh, my goodness. It was a, a night to remember, and it was so special. And, and how that came about was because um, there was a woman that used to come to Pitter-Patter with her first baby, and she said that being able to come to that venue changed her whole experience of motherhood because before she found that before she found Pitapata she felt incredibly isolated and um, you know she would come along and then she found out more about what we were doing with Ealing Mums in Business and she then went on to work for our local MP and said you need to meet these women who are who are doing this and so I mean that's that makes me feel even more proud you know she had hands-on experience of, of what we were doing and yeah, it was wonderful. They um, invited us to go along for the evening and we were able to take with us um, some guests. So we had people that had you know, been long-term members of Ealing Mums in Business and also people that had helped us, like the, the managers of the venues that we used for Pitter Patter. And it was, it was wonderful. It was a very, very special evening. Yeah, and we all need those sort of memorable moments in business, don't we? Those, those moments just to look back on and that sense of pride and achievement. I mean, it it does, you know, it's tough at times running a business, particularly Absolutely. perhaps at the moment in the current climate. But to be able to, yeah, 
receive some form of recognition or or have those milestones you can look back on are are those moments that can put a smile on your face and I think that's really important in business is there any other particular satisfying moments that you would recollect yourself that you've sort of had over the years running your own businesses yeah I mean I think for me it's it's often about the impact that the businesses that I run create and sometimes I don't get to see that in person you know sometimes uh, well especially now with Mumpreneur Collective is all online um, but I mean for example with Pitter Patter I'll, I'll never forget one day I the, the class was running upstairs and I was downstairs working on my laptop and a mum came down with her baby and she was really on the edge and she was saying like why won't my baby join in in this music class what like everyone else's babies are joining in and playing and you know and mine won't and she just burst out crying and I just to be there for her at that moment when we're so vulnerable um as new mums and I just I knew what a difference it, it made to to have that to have that place for her to go to and to be someone there to support her at that moment. So there's times like that that, you know, really mean a lot to me. Um, also, with so with the Mumpreneur Collective, even though it is online, I do do one-day conferences called the Momentum Days. And we normally have about 50 women um, in a room. We do them in Bournemouth and in London. And um, it's a mixture of um, people in the Mumpreneur Collective community and then also Cocoon members who are my kind of membership people and seeing them meet each other in person for the first time and greet each other like long lost friends because you know they built these relationships all online this and this is the power of online community they've built these amazing relationships and they meet each other and embrace each other and you know like they already have this connection and I feel so proud that I've been able to create an environment for that to happen yeah and I I always say um you know I think it's an adage of mine you put like-minded individuals in a room together Mm. and great things can happen and sometimes you know with Evolve and historically with Inspire as well and it sounds like with what you're doing sometimes it's all you need to do you need to be just the facilitator to put like-minded people with similar kind of interests in a room together and just see them for me, when we've done our, our conferences, you know, our entrepreneurial conferences, and we've had 250 like-minded individuals in the room, you just feel the energy. And as I say, you, you know, facilitation and they spark and they feed off each other. And, and as you say, yeah, it's it's just that it can be a really rewarding experience, can't it, as the uh, yeah. organiser? And yeah. I think I think that, you know, like you say, running a business is so hard and it can be incredibly lonely as well. And to to surround yourself with other people who get it, I think that's, you know, that's always what I say to people. And that is so important because, you know, before you run a business, often, I mean, I didn't know anyone that ran their own business um, in my in my circle. And I, I had to actively go out there and find other people like me. And, you know, that's why I wanted to create uh, the Mumpreneur Collective so that that's ready built. All you need to do is, is step in and we're all there. But, you know, I just think it's really important to to give yourself that, to surround yourself with those people. Brilliant. So moving on, tell us a little bit more about what the Mumpreneur Collective is and Cocoon, the online business club, because that's where you are now 
in terms of business. So bring us up yeah. to speed with where you are now. I mean, I'll just say as well, the reason I, I decided to, to move it online is because we spent a year living in Abu Dhabi in the Middle East, which was quite an experience. With um, young children? Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was, we, we'd made the decision to move out of London and move to Bournemouth. And we were, uh, we'd spent a year looking for a house in Bournemouth. And then um, just as we were about to move, my husband got headhunted for a job. He um, works in marketing and it was Warner Brothers building a theme park in the desert. So it was one <laughs> those of those... opportunities yeah. don't come along very often, do they? <laughs> yeah. So it was a bit of like, oh, come on, we've got to, you know, we've got to do this. Um, actually, it was so hard. It was so hard, you know, very, very challenging. But, you know, what it made me realise is how important that support network that I'd helped create in London around me of mums in business, like how important that was. And and that realisation of number one, how big the world is, but number two, how many women are around the world starting businesses with no support network at all. And, you know, I decided I wanted to create an online business because we didn't know how long we were going to be living over there, but we knew it wasn't going to be forever. And I wanted a business that was scalable because with small print and Ely Mums in Business and Pitter Patter, you know, they were very community focused. So I wanted to create something that was much more scalable. So that's why I decided to create the Mumpreneur Collective was to build this, this you know, online space that could... Um, facilitate women from anywhere in the world it didn't matter where they were um so we actually we decided to come home after a year because we just were really unhappy um it was one of those you know we could try and stick it out but life's too short so Hmm. um you know it just felt like, like it was the right thing to do um moved back to Bournemouth I had no idea how entrepreneurial Bournemouth was it was a very very pleasant surprise (laughs) and I was able to bring my business back with me and then grow it from there and so it was about a year in that I that I realized that I really wanted to give more Mumpreneur Collective is a free community um you know I wasn't really making any money from it but I really really wanted to to move on and in fact I have to name check here Kate Chatsby um, oh, the wonderful yes. Kate. And yes. I actually met her at your event. Oh, <laughs> so wow. Yeah. And um, I won um, a, a free business um, brainstorming session with her. And we sat down and I was like, look, you know, I've built this community. It's going really well, but I need to make I need to make money from it, you know. And she was like, well, you need to, you need a membership. And I was like, what do you mean a membership, you know? (laughs) And that's when the whole idea of the cocoon was born. And, you know, I did, I already knew that there was a gap there for accessible business training for women, because, you know, women who are at home looking after kids or maybe working another job and trying to set up their business on the side, it's it's hard for them to get to in-person training. So I knew there was a gap there. And with the cocoon, I was able to you know, bring all the experts that I'd met over the previous years of running all these businesses and all the networking that I'd done and um, brought them all online to create masterclasses and, you know, and, and very bespoke training and a community. So, yeah, that's that's when the cocoon was born. Brilliant. Wow. I'm feeling quite proud now. Yes, you <laughs> but, should see, yeah. <laughs> put like-minded people in the room and great things happen. They <laughs> obviously Absolutely. did. I never knew that. Yeah, it was. Oh, and it, it's amazing. And that's just, I think, just shows how important it is to 
connect with other people because mm. I, I had no idea what would come out of that session, but that really was a turning point for me. And, and, and now, you know, I've been running the cocoon for three years um, and I love memberships and I think that they're a great model to, to take on and it's all down to Kate. Wow. Brilliant. And she, she runs some fantastic franchise herself, doesn't she? The passionate PA. So yes. yeah, yeah, she would have understood some of the challenges um in in building businesses and doing all of those those wonderful things i suppose what i would like to ask is up until the point you went to abu dhabi everything you did was in the real world okay and it's clear from this conversation evan that you love that physical meeting of people and i completely understand and and actually the way of the world and the way things are going and you know bringing the business online was the right thing and had all of those reasons and and obviously succeeding at that now but there must have been a point at which you felt slightly isolated from building a business in the real world to building a business online it is obviously a, a real change running a business online rather than in person i've always had um a real like belief in the power of online community that that spans way back from my mum being involved in one of the early online communities years and years and years ago so I knew that there was potential to um, connect with people and build relationships in a very real way online so I think that's one thing that I really wanted to kind of prove to myself and to other people that you can get all of that great stuff from networking like we had in, in person for Ealing Mums in Business and that buzz that you get um, from hearing people speak and connecting with people in the room that you can still get that online. And that's that I'm very proud that I have been able to achieve that. And, you know, and I get feedback all the time from my members, especially in the cocoon about how connected they do feel. And I think people are sometimes quite surprised because online it is possible to be anonymous it is possible to feel unseen especially in in really big communities but um it's also possible to feel i like the term feeling held you know and feeling like people do see you and you know and and they're there for you and uh, you know very kind of tight community it's absolutely possible and and I still able to fill my cup with that feeling of connection with people online. And I think, you know, that's one thing about lockdown and the COVID-19 is that it's it's pushed a lot of people who maybe had apprehensions um, about going online, about pushing their businesses online. It's pushed them to do it. And, you know, I've got several members who have had to pivot and adapt and have now gone online and they're actually getting great results from it. And they're actually really enjoying running their business in that way. So there's lots of positivity that comes out of trying something new. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I would, while we're on the subject of sort of COVID-19, how's your approach to support and mentoring changed since sort of March when sort of obviously the crisis started? I think I have had to be acutely aware of the fact that we're not all in the same boat I think you know depending on the age of your children depending on whether you've got a partner at home who's at home or who's out working or whether you're a single mum everyone's experiences are so different so I feel like I've um, had to be very sensitive in in what I'm doing but at the same time I think that my support is more important than ever 
And, um, you know, for my Cocoon members, I offered them all free strategy calls um, to work out, you know, how they could be making the most of this time or how they could adapt and pivot. Um, And I spent hours and hours in April doing these calls. Uh, But, you know, I I wanted to do them because I wanted to offer them that value and um, and that extra support. I think, um, you know, one thing that came up time and time again and pricing and selling is something that a lot of women struggle with. And I think that there was a lot of people out there who were like, hang on a minute, I, I can't possibly keep selling during this time I can't you know it just feels so wrong like I can't launch this I can't launch that and so we had lots of conversations around that and I you know I was saying to them if they if they genuinely got a a product or service that can help people right now then they need to keep telling people about it you know they have to stay visible I think the worst thing that you can do during this time is to kind of stop telling people what you do and stop providing valuable content because um, now is a great time to be building audiences, even if sales might not be what we what we want them to be. It, uh, I completely agree with what you're saying there, Erin. You know, from our perspective, you know, we've had clients and people that we coach and mentor and and work with come to us and say, "Well, I feel slightly embarrassed. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to be putting out a positive message. Is it the right thing to do?" And 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 they've been slightly nervous about doing that and. I'm, because everybody is experiencing this in in different ways, and it is affecting every single business in a different fashion. There's some consistency to it, but and and I've been very much on on the page. No, actually, if you've got a story to tell, if you've got something to offer, you know, do it appropriately. But you've got to put your front foot forward. You can't just be embarrassed that actually you have a solution or you have something to offer. You've got to be able to go out to the world and, and still communicate that in these sort of difficult times as much as you would when everything's going right and everything's positive. But rightfully, maybe people are nervous about doing it, but you've got to put that front foot forward, haven't you? You have. And and there's been some great success stories in the cocoon. Um, one of my members runs choirs in London. And obviously, that's, you know, very face to face. And she actually, it was uh, the Momentum Day in Bournemouth happened just before lockdown. And so she was already starting to think about it. She was like, how on earth am I going to continue my business? And so we were saying, you know, you can do it on Zoom. And it's like, oh, is it going to work on Zoom? And she threw herself into the next week, getting all the help from the experts in the group that she could and, and getting everyone's advice. And she set up the choir, a virtual choir, and it's been phenomenal. She's had over 100 people on her choirs every week from all over the world. She's been on Radio 2 twice. And, wow. you know, and now she's setting up a membership for it. And, you know, actually, she's enjoying doing that model more than she was doing her face-to-face choirs. Um, ah, so, so what's yeah, her challenge going to be when we, can, when we can get back into the real world? What well, do you think well, she'll do? Well, I, I think the fact is, is that, you know, that there's still going to be a, a need eventually, whenever this is going to be that social distancing will be sorted out, there's still going to be a need for face to face stuff. But she's going to be able to service people who live in all different locations who, you know, yeah. and, Her and geographical and, reach has just expanded through that. Yeah. Model, hasn't and, it? And, and the great thing about how she does it is that it on and this is what people like about it is that they are all muted she she's the only one that you can hear 
so they're just having a whale of a time, you know, because like they, they're not worried about anyone hearing them sing. So it's it's a different offering to what she had before, but actually it's much more scalable for her. Brilliant. Fantastic. One of the things I just would like to cover off with you is just female leaders generally. And, mm. and there's, you know, for me, there's always some unique qualities that they bring generally. They're naturally more nurturing. And one of the things that I see and really value in in sort of female leaders is usually they're less ego driven, um, <laughs> which makes for a better kind of world, um, less alpha male, <laughs> uh, and, and therefore you know bring some great value. What other characteristics would you say that sort of female leaders bring to a business in general? I think, um, and like you say, it's so hard, isn't it? Because you don't want to stereotype here, and no. you know. But I mean, I think empathy is is something that women are very, very good at, and and using that in in a way to manage people effectively, um, whether that's employees or or customers, um, having that empathy, and and also I, I feel like women, generally speaking, are very good at collaboration. And, you know, that's what I see day after day in, in my community is we all want to help each other. You know, we're not clambering over each other to the top. We're actually rising up together. And, you know, I think that that's one thing that's so powerful about having a community of, of like minded people is that they're all looking for ways to help each other. Um, and I think that's something that the female leaders are are quite good at and realizing that you know, I think generally speaking, um, you know, like you say, with the ego driven thing of like they want to be the one to to solve something, you know, on their own, whereas perhaps women are, are more inclined to say, no, you know, I want your opinion. I want this. I want that. Let's work together to to bring up a solution. Yeah. And definitely one of the things, again, I suppose, referring to the current situation is what we're seeing is those that are collaborating are succeeding. Or, or yeah. dealing with this better generally so collaboration is you know is always a powerful asset but definitely a powerful asset right now and congratulations to you if you've created communities that are supporting and collaborate and creating that collaborative environment Erin thank um, you definitely um so clearly you help inspire others you know that's come out clear loud and clear on this podcast and have been doing since you started your own entrepreneurial journey. But where do you find your own inspiration? Good question. I I really like kind of reading inspiring things. I say reading, actually, I'm more likely to watch videos of, of talks. Um, but also, I, I have to say, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. I know some people are not quite sure of him, but I went to his four day deep dive coaching uh, experience where you walk on hot coals yes um, which was incredible so and i you know i really like a lot of his stuff it's it's very good for for mindset so i do yeah i, I kind of I, I do really believe that working on our mindset is so important in terms of you know positive affirmations and gratitude and all those things and um looking after our own well-being but i think really you know, I love the whole idea of just kind of doing things that bring you joy. So I, I try and live that. I, I, with my, with my business, you know, like you said, I've, I've had lots of businesses. Now I have one business, which I have 
rolled in all the things that I love doing. <laughs> Unfortunately, there are always going to be things that, you know, aren't so fun, but um, it's it's kind of very much designing uh, designing my business and designing my life so that I am being able to do the things that, that do light me up. So, yeah, I, I think I, I try every day to open myself up to be being inspired by by others, really. So, Edward, I think you started to touch upon it there, but in that response. But how would you define success? Yeah, success is is a, a really interesting concept because um, in in the book that I'm publishing, I asked all these different women what their um, definition of success is, and it's it's so different for everyone. But I think for me, I would say um, definitely it's about having impact, and it's about you know knowing that what I'm doing is making a difference for other people. But also, of course, you know, I, for me, I, I want to be earning um, good money, enough money to have a nice life, but that doesn't mean sacrifice for, you know, my family or for the hours that I'm working. I think, you know, that's one of the decisions, I think, that, you know, when we talk about the term mumpreneur, it's, I didn't leave a 60 hour a week job to have a 60 hour a week business. I very much wanted to be able to work flexible hours. And so it's, it's having, it's having the great money. It's having the satisfaction in what I'm doing and it's having the impact, but in a way that works for me and my family and not one that, you know, that I have to completely burn myself out by working 67 hours a week on yeah, and I, would, I completely agree with that one of the founding principles around Evolve is this prin- principle and concept that I truly believe in. Not that I always get it right, but around holistic success. And that's about there's too many people that just focus on career or business success and neglect the personal. And then, you know, you can do it the other way as well. Life can be great personally, but if it's not great for your business or for your career, you know, that feels out of kilter as well. And it's about trying to get that balance, isn't it? And that's yeah. how I define holistic success. Succeeding I, I love in, that. Um, business as well as succeeding personally. I think one thing that, you know, is is really interesting to me is that I do feel like in our society that to be seen as a successful entrepreneur, um, that you do have to burn yourself out, that you have to be working crazy hours to try, you know, like, you know, when you think of startups and you think of, you know, like 70, 80 hours and, and like go and not having a, a social life and all those things. And I think that perception of what success means, you know, you, you have to be working like that in order to make the money and to be, to be successful. I think that's what comes into sometimes people see the term mumpreneur as negative. I was on BBC's Women's Hour, BBC Radio 4's Women's Hour, talking about this because, you know, that there was an article saying that the term mumpreneur is very negative. And I think that this whole thing about us combining the fact that we are a mum with our business, some people feel like that's that that makes you less of a business owner if you're talking about being a mum but it's just where are we in our society where we think that the best thing to do is to burn ourselves out and work crazy hours and completely neglect our personal health and our own family in order to be seen to be successful like why can't we be more well-rounded in in 
acknowledging that we have other responsibilities and we, we have a family and we, you know, we want to have time for ourselves, for our own well-being and for our family, but yet we can still run a successful business. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And as I say, it's one of the principles around, you know, when we talk about good times, what does good times look like for the people we coach and the peer group um, members at Evolve? It's about, yeah, good times needs to have balance. And so I can, we're completely aligned, Erin, on our, our thinking there. One of the things just to finally round up this discussion is you've, yeah, you're, you're just about to launch a book. You become an author. So the Mumpreneur Evolution. What made you decide to write a book? I think there's there's a couple of things. One is I I know how inspiring it is for for people to read stories of of women that are already doing it. You know, I I meet so many women who say they would love to run their own business, but they have no idea where to start or how that would even look. And you know, being able to share the stories of women who are managing this juggle and who are building successful businesses is is truly inspiring but in terms of my own personal kind of business plans it was actually a talk that I went to by Chris Ducker talking about youpreneur and he was talking about your ecosystem as a business owner and uh, you know it was this was a membership conference called retain and uh, he was saying that you know you need to have a book as part of your as part of your whole you kind need of it in the kit bag as it were yeah, yeah absolutely you know and it's a way to obviously establish yourself as an expert in the industry um but also just like it's it, it's it's part of what you need to do and i thought okay in this ecosystem i've got everything else i haven't got a book right that's what i'm going to do that's it <laughs> yeah. so um it's kind of it's two pronged really but you know, I and I don't think I can really call myself an author because I have I have edited it. It is a collection of 23 um, stories from women. Uh, mine is included in there as well. But it's it's asking them, it's interviews with them about you know the transition from going from employment to self-employment, and also that the the evolution of becoming a mum in business and what that means to them, what that feels like, how their day to day how their day-to-day schedule works and kind of what their plans are for the future. And it is, I mean, it's so uplifting and there's such a range of different business owners and there's such a range of um, ages of children. There's single parents in there, you know, some have got grown up children now, um, but it's, it's absolutely fascinating and really, really insightful. So I'm, I'm really excited to get it out there. Brilliant. I can't wait to read it. And I assume we'll be available on Amazon soon. Yes, hopefully within the next couple of weeks. Fantastic. Evan, that's great to have you on the podcast this week. And uh, thank you for those insights and your honesty and your responses. If people want to learn more about you and the Mumpreneur Collective, where can they go? Thank you, Warren. Yeah, um, they can go to my website, which is www.mumpreneurcollective.com. Or also you can find the the free Facebook group on Facebook under Mumpreneur Collective. But I'd, I'd love to connect with um, any women out there who are trying to run a business around family life and would like some support. Brilliant. Thank you, Erin. Thank you. Great there to get that perspective from a successful female entrepreneur, especially around the unique and difficult choices and conflicts that they can experience, especially those that have young families. 
What Erin is doing through her Mumpreneur Collective is incredibly valuable and a wonderful way of creating a supportive network of women who can relate to each other's challenges and celebrate their successes. It's another great example of the value of business communities and collaborative working. Along that line of thought, if you haven't yet already done so, then please do go to EvolveMembers.com where you'll find some great content as well as information on our peer groups, one-to-one coaching and events. We have a great and ever-growing community of like-minded individuals who are really reaping the benefits of support and networking that Evolve endeavours to provide. We've also got some great webinars lined up for the coming weeks and all that information can be found on the website EvolveMembers.com or on our social media pages. I really hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you haven't yet, then please do subscribe and perhaps catch up on the episodes you might have missed. There's some truly valuable insights there on a range of topics and you're sure to find some that inspire and get those ideas and creativity flowing. Thank you for listening and from all of the Evolve team, we wish you a great week and hope to have you listening again soon. Thank you.